0: saw it. If you'll stand with me in honor of the reading of God's Word. The message, of course, as I mentioned, comes from John's description of Jesus in John chapter 1, but I'm going to uh, lay the foundation by using some scripture. And whenever I get there, I want you to notice this word, in. Paul will contrast the two places that a man can be in. He can be in the flesh or he can be in the spirit. Now I want you to grab that concept. Foundation scripture, we'll only read one of these to, to pray over and then I will share the rest with you. Romans chapter 8 and verse 4. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. Now I want you to notice that word, in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit father we thank you for the word of god we pray that you will minister to us today and open our eyes that we can see our ears that we can hear and our heart that we can understand what the word of god is saying to us and then may we apply it to our lives so that we can be changed into the image of your dear son father we sanctify ourselves surrender ourselves and yield ourselves to the holy spirit Holy Spirit, we ask you today as you would hear from Jesus that you would use us as the means to speak to your people. I praise you. I worship you. I thank you, Father, for all that you're doing. Now minister your word and we'll give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen and you may be seated. You know, uh, I remember when I got saved. And I remember how the Spirit of God ministered to me, and I, I was a broken fella. Um Cried for hours after coming to the knowledge of cleansing and purity that was brought about in me from the sharing of John 3.16 in the spirit world. But as with Most of us, and as with most of our Christian world, we do not understand the process that God used to save us. We say we believe, and that is enough. We say that we accepted Jesus. The understanding of that seems to pacify the world. And in my mind, there is a reason that that pacifies the Christian world with their relationship with Jesus Christ, because it also pacifies the evil world. Well, what would you mean by that, Pastor Mike? If all we understand about Christianity is that we got saved, and we do not understand what occurred, what happened, where the life-changing event is, what caused the life-changing event, then, not knowing what the process is, what happens? We get fooled. People are living today in a world that is totally fooled about their salvation and what believing in Jesus Christ does. Now Paul said in Romans chapter 8 and verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. So there is something that is done in you that you must acknowledge Let's look at the rest of the scripture. Verses 8 through 10. So then they that are in the flesh, they that are living in the flesh cannot please God. So when salvation, when being saved occurs, something changes. And we come out of life in the natural and we go into life, according to verse 4, after the Spirit. But ye are not, Paul said, in the flesh. You are in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, when you got saved, something happened. And that is that the Spirit of God began to dwell on the inside of you. Now watch this. It is not the genesis of just a belief. Because thousands, countless of thousands, call themselves evangelicals because they believe there is a God. There is a God. That belief is not believing unto salvation. It is not believing unto the blood and body of Jesus Christ. Paul said that we are not in the flesh where we just believe something. We believe that God is up there somewhere. No, Paul said that the Spirit of God dwells in you. If any man have not, watch this, the Spirit of Christ, if any man has not had his inner man changed into the Spirit of Christ, and if any man does not understand that God is not up there, he is in here, then that man is none of his. Now we look around at the world today and we've got people praying to a God up there. We've got people looking for a home up there. We've got people waiting for the trump to sound so that we can go up there never realizing nor recognizing that God has outlined the pattern of his divine plan in 18 verses and 10 words in the book of John. I'll get to those, but I have to lay the foundation. Verse 10, And if Christ be, where? In you. In you. The body is dead because of sin but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. If Christ be in you, then something changes. The body in the natural man that has been inundated with sin, that was birthed in sin, changes. Now, there comes a time in your life as a Christian that you have to understand that you have... Now watch this next verse. That the Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. This is the cornerstone scripture that I want you to bear in mind as I go through this this message and continue to go through the messages on the inner, stone, inner man. The Spirit... Whose Spirit is He talking about here? He said the Spirit itself, meaning what he's already defined as the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God that dwells in you, and the Christ that is in you. Now watch it. If this Spirit itself beareth witness with whose Spirit? Our Spirit. Now this is critical. We then who bear witness in our spirit man are the children of God. Now the world that says that all you have to do is say that you believe on Him and you're saved have not evidently read the first part of Romans. Because when Paul made this statement in Romans chapter 8, he laid the groundwork for what was coming in Romans 10. The the statement by Paul says that whenever you get Christ that dwells in you, and you then say out of your mouth, I believe that Christ is dwelling in me, then you will come to know the truth about salvation. But to just say off the top of your head, I believe in God. You're, well, yeah, I believe that Jesus died. Well, yeah, I believe that, that, that Christ went to the cross. Well, yeah, I believe that he was raised from the dead. Does that actually change your inner man? Is that the action that is going to bring about the explosion in your inner man so that your inner man can have the Spirit of Christ running in you? Well, it is the step that puts you in position for Christ to come into your heart. But now watch. You are going to have to do something, and that is called getting out of the flesh. You're going to have to do that. I'm going to show you how that happened today. I'm going to begin to show you how that happened. Because Paul said that you have to be in Christ and not in the flesh. Now the cornerstone, the agreement now, now watch this. Here's where the rubber meets the road. When we're having people stand up while bouncing beach balls and telling everybody I believe in Christ, was there any agreement between the Spirit of Christ and their spirit? Was there any understanding of the the work that must go on in the inner man for him or her to be saved. And the answer to that, based on the lifestyle of living further in and to the satisfying of the flesh, tells me no. We have to come to grips with the fact that there are two spirits. They must bear witness. They must agree with one another they must not just mentally assent to the fact there's a God, or mentally and positively say, yes, I believe He died on the cross, but for it to become internal and personal to them. When it does, the life of Christ begins to dwell in them, and the spirit of life begins to overtake them, and the flesh... Begins to die. There is an agreement of two spirits. You must get that. If your spirit is out of step and out of tune with Him, then you need to find out how to locate what Christ did for you. I'm going to show you that. Now, from the surrender of the total control of your inner man is what we're talking about the manifestations of rivers of living water are produced in you now this river is a provide is providing life and producing the current of what god has going on for you in the spiritual world at the minute look at verse 17 See the highlighted verse part? That we may be also glorified together about the glory that is being revealed in us. Now, verse 18 is very critical. That there is a glory that is being revealed in you that is being caused by the fact that you came to know the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus and the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, Romans, uh, moving on, John 1, 3 is where I'm starting this. Look at the words. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and I'm about to tell you how you got saved. I'm about to tell you what caused the supernatural event that we know as being saved and being brought into the plan of God. The Bible said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. Uh, And the Word was God. Verse 2, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him and without Him, not anything that was made, not anything made that was made. Now, do you understand there are two spirits at work here? There is your inner man and there is the Spirit of God. Do you understand that it is your inner man that gets saved? The born-again experience is an internal experience. It is the Spirit that was you, that was once made in the likeness of God, that was fallen because of what Adam and Eve did, that required a Savior who became Jesus Christ, who came to the world and went to the cross and died, buried the flesh, resurrected from the dead, In heaven, became the high priest, descended back into the earth where he walked among men, taught them about, told the disciples in John 20 about being saved, breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit, and they did. Then taught them about uh, being baptized in the Spirit according to Acts chapter 1. And they were in Acts chapter 2. The church was unfolded in Acts chapter 2 as Peter began to preach. Now then, the entire plan of God began to unfold in the church. And John taught it to us in John chapter 1. Now, we're looking at the development of the inner man. If we do not understand, there are two spirits... And that one of the two spirits must be saved, and that is your spirit. It has to be redeemed. And if we don't understand that Paul taught us in Ephesians chapter three, that our inner man must be strengthened with might, then we need to grab a hold of what I'm teaching right now. Gonna lay out This message in brief. John chapter 3 shows us three things of... John chapter 1 shows us three things about Jesus Christ. Here is the side of Christ that you need to reconcile yourself to understand. He is eternal. He is personal. And He is creator. Now what did those three works do? Those three works gave your inner man the opportunity to also be eternal. If He had not been eternal, you would have not been eternal because you were made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So because He is eternal, you also are eternal. What a wonderful thing to know. You have the eternal God. How did you do that? You took your inner man and bore witness with the Spirit of God. You didn't just say, I got saved, I I believe, because there are countless thousands and millions sitting in houses of worship today who have declared, well, I believe, but their life does not represent the belief because they do actions and activities that represent the works of the flesh. But Paul said, that we could not be in the flesh and in the spirit. He said, when our spirit bears witness with his spirit, we become the children of God. What a thought. Isn't that something? We cannot live to our flesh and say that we are in the Lord, and Jesus addressed it. Jesus said, man cannot serve to masters." That would be like me saying, okay, now I'm going to have a wife and I'm going to give a a little room over here to the mistress. You see the analogy? I'm going to be married to you, but I'm going to leave a little spot over here for this other. That's what's going on in our world today. We want to be married to Christ in our heart but it's somewhere in the recess of my heart. We leave a little room for the devil. Jesus said, you can't do it. He said, you cannot serve two masters. You will love the one and hate the other, or you will hate the one and love the other. We thought it was about money. Jesus is talking about your relationship to Jesus Christ as compared to the enemy. Can't do it. Won't work that way. Now, Jesus Christ is eternal. He is so eternal that he became the everlasting God. And therefore, in his eternal ability, he coming into your spirit at salvation has also given you eternal and everlasting life. Someone said, wait a minute now, preacher. Because everybody's going to live eternally. Oh, well, I'm going to show you the difference. I'm fixing to show you. Stay with me now because it's coming up pretty soon. Yes, every man is going to live forever. There is no one that is going to die in their spirit. Every man is going to live in one of two places, in one of two conditions. We're all going to live forever. But when we believe on the name of the Son of God, who was God, who was with God, and in the beginning was was not only was God, but was with God, He is eternal. And therefore, our eternal domicile and our eternal dominion and our eternal abilities in Him became present in us when we left the flesh and went into the Spirit. It was now. Then we see him as personal. Well, this is beautiful because Jesus Christ showed us the Father. What did he show us about the Father? He showed us how the Father thought. He showed us how the Father worked. He showed us how the Father acted. Well, how did he do that, Father? How did he do that, Pastor? He did that by expressing to us the seven spirits of God. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, might, knowledge, the fear of the Lord, and judgment now we look into Luke chapter 17 and we say these words oh isn't it great Luke chapter 4 rather in verse uh, 16, 17, 18 isn't it great that Jesus came and told those vile sinners that he was going to preach to those that were poor and they wouldn't be poor anymore and those that were bruised and they wouldn't be bruised anymore and those that were captive that they wouldn't be captive anymore and those that were blind they wouldn't be blind anymore those that lacked freedom and they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't have to worry they could be free again wouldn't that isn't that wonderful Jesus did that for them I want to tell you something that's what Jesus did for you that's what Jesus did for you because in you he exposed the personality of God he exposed how he, acted, how he expressed himself, he exposed how he thought, he exposed what he saw him do, and what he heard him say. See, in John chapter 1, we see him as eternal, and we see him as personal, and if he is eternal then he can expose the personality of the Father directly into him who believes. That's what the Spirit of Christ does. So in you is not only eternal, which is given to you by the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of life that is Christ Jesus, it not only is being given to you in eternal ability, it is being given to you in the personality of God. That's what makes you, as a child of God, so vibrant, so dominant, and gives you the ability to reign in this life. Now then, the Bible said he is creator. Now let's look at this because this is a very vital piece. When Jesus first shows up, because the Bible said in the beginning was God, and that He was, look at this, all things were made by Him, and without Him not anything was made that was made. When the Bible shows up with that in Genesis chapter 1, there is something going on there that we must understand. Jesus is about to release in, in Genesis chapter 1, through His voice, through His creative voice, The power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is going to move upon the earth. The Bible said it looked into the thing that was without form and void. Think about that. And he released that and the thing that without was without form and void. The Bible said the spirit of the Lord began to move upon it. Now I want you to think of what I'm saying. The spirit of the Lord began to move on that thing that was without the uh, spirit, without form and was void. There was nothing to it. In other words, When Jesus Christ, John, told the story of what Jesus would do as creator, he looked into the life of those who would believe on him, whose spirit man was without form and void. Jesus taught it to Nicodemus in John chapter 3, and said, what's in you that is without form and void is going to be born again. It is going to eliminate flesh and it's going to begin to live and walk in the spirit of life. What a great idea. What a great concept. He started that in Genesis 1. He now is doing that in the life of every individual who finds him as Christ. Uh, life who finds him in the spirit of God, who finds him in the reality of the life changer that is being done in your inner man. That is what Paul speaks of in Romans eight sixteen when he said, "In his spirit bears witness with our spirit." And the void and the firm is changed until we become the children of Almighty God. What a life changer. We're not just raising our hands. We're not doing as some churches do and say, we'll open the doors of the church so you can come and join. We're not joining a club. We're not joining a clan. We're not joining a social society. We're not joining up with a group of people like the Kiwanis or the Civitans. No, my friend. Our inner man is being changed and then duplicated by the workmanship according to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 of the Creator Jesus Christ and the form in us is taking on the life of Christ Jesus. Glory to God. That's different than what the world is teaching right now. Where did it come from? How did it happen, Pastor? John told us how it happened. Because in 18 verses and 10 words, the complete plan of God is unfolded for mankind. Well, we've seen three of those words. Let's look at the next three. The next three are life, light, and illumination. Isn't it amazing that eternal, the eternal being of Christ Jesus is described whenever it translates by John's message into life. So when we see eternal and we see life, we see two points intersecting. In you and in me who know Christ Jesus, we not only are brought into an eternal being that has life. Now watch the contrast. I told you I would show you this, and I'm about to, so pay attention. Paul said that the spirit of life that is in Christ Jesus is in total contrast with the spirit of death. Isn't that something? So life that is eternal is in contrast with life that is death. He said to be carnally minded is what? Death. To be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. You see the contract? Every man's going to live forever. There's no man not going to live forever. You can die and go to hell if you want to. You're going to live forever. You can live like hell now if you want to. You can have it all right now if you want to. You can satisfy the mind, the flesh, the eye, the lust, the pride. You can have it all and you're going to live in hell forever. Now that's contrast, ain't it? Paul told us that in Romans chapter 8. He said you're going to live by the spirit of life. Or you're going to die by the spirit of death. One of the two. Both of them are eternal. There is no way to get around it. Both of them have the eternal essence. It's just a matter of where you're going to spend it. Now watch this now. Watch this now. The Holy Spirit quickens me on something I want to take. Death has dominion in what they can see touch here and feel death has its dominion in the things that satisfy the flesh from the outside in so we look around and we say all of the people that we would say oh they've got everything they got it all, man. They got money, they got wealth, they got fame, they got this, they got that, they got the card. they make a rap song about it, and then don't you know we just got everything. Yo, 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 you know how to do it. Do you know how to do it? They have everything now. But they don't have dominion in their spirit, man. They don't have the ability to have dominion in their spirit man. Therefore, everything that they have right now is fleeting. It comes, it goes, it happens, and then it leaves. Now, here's the problem. Our church world functions in much the same way. Why is that, Pastor Mike? Because we don't don't understand where our dominion is. Now, watch me now. We don't understand where our dominion is. What would make you say that, Mike? Because whenever I hear preachers preach, I hear them talking about getting rich as if our dominion is in the now. I hear them talking about uh, my best life now as if our dominion is touchable. Our dominion is holdable. Our dominion is, is keepable. I hear them telling us as Christian people that we should be wanting what they have and we should be calling in what they have. I hear them preaching that, never understanding that my dominion is not in what I can touch, feel and the things that my natural man can put its hands on. My dominion is in the spirit world and I'm going to show you in just a minute how the spiritual world, if I understand the place of dominion, will manifest itself into my natural world. But for me to attempt to manifest anything in God out of the natural world without my inner man being correctly adjusted and placed in the correct spot, for me to appropriate anything in the natural world is lust of the flesh at its highest order. So we look and we find Jesus Christ. And there He is, is eternal. We see Him as personal. But now we see Him as creator. Well, let's look. If He creates in you in form and void, the new man, That is full of the righteousness of God. If he creates that in you, then what is he creating in you, really? What is he creating in you? He's creating a new heart. A new heart brings about new responses. What are those new responses? Well, they're the nine fruit of the Spirit. Now as he continues to develop your inner man, something is going to transpire in you that is going to bring about the ability for you to see things and to know things and to speak things and to be guided and to be directed and to be uh, um, brought with words to say what's going to happen, Pastor Mike. There's this little thing that we all do not want. That the world, I should say, does not want. There's this thing that the world does not want, but the world doesn't understand it. Now I want you to get this, because if you tie the two together, it'll be a message in your ears and it'll open up your eyes. When He was eternal, we received eternal. When He was personal, we receive the personal side of god when he was creator something happens we don't want to get into it we don't want to understand it our world doesn't our world actually would say oh that's not good anybody that does or talks like that is of the devil well let me tell you something friend. what i want in my life is i want jesus christ to address me directly wouldn't you like that wouldn't everybody love to have Jesus Christ address me directly and say, Mike, something's coming here you need to know about. Wouldn't you like that? Mike, whenever you stand in this situation, this is what I want you to say. Mike, I want to guide you into the best job. Mike, I want to, I want to direct you into the way to get around problems to be a better communicator. I want to show you how to be encouraged, Mike, I want to speak to you directly. I want to tell you how to navigate your life around the landmines. Wouldn't you like, raise your hand if you'd like that. We all would, wouldn't we? Yeah, everybody would. Yeah, we all would. The problem is we don't want to understand what we got to do to get it. Now, whenever he talked about being creator, do you realize that when Jesus Christ ascended into glory, he released the very person that created and formed at His command the very, war, the very heaven and earth of which you are living in. He released Him into the earth. And from His voice, in seven days, God created everything you see. God created everything you touch, including you. Seven days. Six days and the seventh day he rested. God placed in the earth through the voice of the Holy Spirit the mechanism in you to be born again. Your spirit man needed to be born again and it needed to have the eternal emphasis that was Jesus Christ. It needed to have the (laughs) the eternal personality that was God the Father, Son. It needed to have the creative ability that was given to you by the Holy Spirit so that you could hear and the Holy Spirit could move upon the void and the form in your life and speak directly out of the throne room of God the words from the man in the Godhead that would be released to direct you, to instruct you, to speak through you, to guide you, to give you things that are to come and words that you're to say. When did He do that, Pastor? Did He do that when you got saved? He began the process. Did He do that as you go through life? Yes, He did. He began the process. We call it sanctification and we refer to it as the developing and the defining of the training of the seven spirits. Yeah, he did all of that. But then how does he speak to me directly? How does he lead me and guide me? How does he say to me, Be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. How in the world, in a world as messy as mine, would God ever speak directly to me and let me know what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and how to succeed? Oh, we're not hearing that because our heart isn't bent in that direction. Jesus promised you every ounce of that. He promised you every ounce of that. He said, and I'll endue you with power from on high. He said, when the Holy Spirit is come, you'll be endued with the power. And he will not speak of himself. He will only speak what I say. You want to be spoken to? You want to hear from heaven? You want to know what God's plans are for your life? Then go to the creative side that John unfolded for us in John chapter 1. Be baptized in the Spirit of God and you will begin to hear the voice of Jesus Christ as He speaks directly from the throne room of God into your specific circumstances and into your specific needs. This is why Paul said, My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So we see Him as eternal, we see Him as personal, and we see Him as creator. He is going to fill the void in your life. He is going to form in you by the creation of the Holy Spirit in such a way that the devil and and all of his enemies will be cast down. That there'll be no rooms left in you. There'll be no places left in you for evil. There'll be no guest room for you to fly off the handle. There'll be no guest room for your eyes to be looking around to see what you can lust upon. There'll be no room in that heart of yours because all of it will be created in perfection. How do we know that, Pastor? Well, because 2 Chronicles sixteen nine told us so. Now, I'm not done, but I'm finished. Bow your head and close your eyes. Father, I thank you for the Word of God. Today, as I've exposed what happened when we got saved, that salvation is not a mental issue. It is an internal issue. That being saved brings about the development and the training of the inner man, because it is the inner man that must draw into witness with the Spirit of God. It's the inner man. And then, Father, I have shown today through John's work that we are to possess the personality of our Father. Shared God, as you heard and as you know, That those spirits of god will develop us and train us and then there is the creative power that came through the holy spirit and that creative power is willing to minister in our void to form in us the heart that you want form in us in the new man in our inner being what you want us to have to make us father to make us in complete union, and unison with You. Now God, as they pray today, I ask them to pray this prayer with me. I command my inner man. I command my inner man. Pray it. I command my inner man. The inner man is the only thing, Father, that we control. I command my inner man to bear witness with the Spirit of Christ that's in me. I command my inner man. I give my inner man. I surrender my inner man. I release my inner man to bear witness with the Spirit of Christ that's in me. Because whenever I do, Father, your eternal everlasting side is revealed in me your personality begins to develop in me and the creative power of the holy spirit begins to become real to me i release my inner man i give it away to you i give you command of it my by my own will i surrender my inner man to you and i join forces now with the spirit of christ that dwells in me because I'm a child of God. As I join forces with that, the Spirit of Christ takes over my inner man because I give it to you by my own will. I give it to you by my own will. It takes over. The eternal side of me begins to manifest. The God side of me begins to manifest and the thing in my heart that must be formed and the void that must be filled to put out and eradicate sin so that my inner man can be made perfect by the spirit of god is now being conformed to the world of the spirit that is directed By Jesus Christ. Stand with me, raise your hands, and let's receive it. Father, we thank you today. We receive, we give away our inner man. It's all we control. I give it away to you, God. I just simply say, I take what belongs to me and give it to you. May your spirit, well up on the inside of me, May your spirit overtake me. May your spirit lead, guide, and direct me. May the peace of God that comes from the life of the spirit so overrun my inner man that I begin to dwell in the house and in the presence of of god and begin to work in the spirit as you are in the spirit i receive it today i thank you for it you're the great god who gives it you're the god who defined it and described it and i see it and i take it i give my inner man to you i don't want my inner man my inner man is flawed But it is now born again and pregnant with agreement in my spirit and the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God, He dwells in me and He controls me. I thank you for it. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Those of you that are watching, by whatever means you're watching, I want to tell you today, if you are living a life Fraught by the flesh, you need to pray the prayer of repentance and forgiveness. And you need to surrender your inner man. Not your mind, my friend. The inner man became the mind of Christ. That's the mind you need to get into. Pray with me. Father, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my misunderstandings. May I serve you. Now listen carefully what I'm about to say. I surrender my inner man. I command my inner man to be turned over to the Spirit of Christ. Being a child of God now, being a child of God, I am eternal. I will develop the personality of the Father. And I will allow the Holy Spirit to create in me a heart. A heart that is full of the love of the Father. And I will seek you. And I thank you for delivering me. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. May God richly bless you is my prayer and keep you this week. May He heal you that need healing. May you recover. From the things that are going on in your life. May you turn to the inner man. Find in the inner man guidance. From the eternal God. Find the personality of your father. Find the creative power of the Holy Spirit. To lead you and guide you. Into every truth. We thank you. God bless you is my prayer. Amen and amen. I'll be back at 6 o'clock. I've got more on this you want to hear. So tune in at 6 o'clock. I want to remind you, join our podcast if you haven't because all of these messages and things I don't get to preach at church are what? Huh? Yes. Things that I don't get to preach in church are always on there that go beyond what you hear. Don't forget the Legacy Center. We are giving to the Pregnancy Center And uh, that box is out there so beautiful. Make sure you're filling that box so that we can help those people. May God richly bless you is my prayer. Thank you for being with us today.